few months ago, we were raising money for Uganda. Bishop Grant was here, very excited about Uganda. And, you know, sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you just get excited. And he said, if we can raise... It was $10,000. I'll come in January. You know, sometimes you get excited and you make a promise. And guess what? We raised $22,000. And so <laughs> Bishop Grant is back here. And uh, I know you were all praying for 20 below. I know you were. Again, it's not that we want you to suffer. We just enjoy it when you do. I don't know. It's not sure how that works. But but he's been enjoying this very nice, mild January. And in fact, he even went out ice fishing. Yeah, buddy. Taking care of the bluegill, you know, like that was good. And it was about like a quarter mile walk through the slushy deep snow. He made it through all of that, didn't fall down. He had one real good Minnesota experience where the slush kind of went over the top of the boot came down a little bit. Everybody has experienced that. If you haven't had that happen, you're not a true Minnesotan. So there you go. Just like I'm a Jamaican now. I don't know. You're a Minnesotan. I don't know how you say it. I don't know how that exactly works. But thrilled to have Bishop Grant here. He's going to share a message with us. So let's welcome Bishop Michael Grant to the stage at Good Hope. Thank you, sir. Yes, bless you, bless you. He is wearing a jacket. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Well, I think it's about what, 25, 23 tonight? Yeah, that's what I've, that's what I've been told. I'm not convinced, though. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, we're basically about 86 back home just now. So the step down from 86 to 25, 23, you know I can't preach, I must just teach tonight, all right? You don't preach when, <laughs> when it is this cold, you do not preach, all right? You just what? Teach. But I'm really blessed to be here. I want to thank my good friend, Pastor Mike, for having me. I want to say a very special thank you to Pastor Heather of pulling out all the stops, to, you know, getting me here to ensure I'm warm, get all the clothing I need for that to happen. So I'm so grateful. So happy for Chris and our Joe. We went out yesterday doing fishing. You guys taught me so much yesterday, and I'm so blessed and so thankful. So it's really a joy, really, really a joy. I thought it might have been worse to be here in January. I heard if I, did, if I should have come home last week or Next week, then it would have been worse than what it is. I think God is on my side, all right? <laughs> it's all about Emmanuel. God is with us. So he's on my side. Some people are rather sad. It should have been colder. No, no, no. It's just good. should have been warmer. So I'm excited, happy to be here, happy to see you all. And I trust that the Lord will place a word in our spirits tonight. As I said that, it is that cold, so it's best if we just talk tonight, all right? And don't really preach tonight. Okay, so you have your Bibles. If not, you can look on the screen. We look to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, and there are two verses I want to bring to our attention tonight, namely verses 1 and 2. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2. Here it says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do 
all that, all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord your God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, condition if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God. It's the word of God to us tonight. And I want us to talk through this topic, steps to a blessed and a fruitful Christian life. Steps to a blessed and a fruitful Christian life. You know, you'll agree with me that my topic says steps and not a step to a blessed life or a fruitful life. You know, this is so because I believe that there happens to be a series of steps to a blessed and fruitful Christian life. And that series of steps actually start with us accepting Jesus Christ in our lives as our Lord and as our Savior. I think further that you will agree with me that there is really a difference between a blessed life and a prosperous life. A lot of people are pursuing a prosperous life and they are neglecting a blessed life. And there are people that will trample on other people to be prosperous. But they have forgotten the importance of being blessed. And therefore, it is critical for us to zero in on the steps to a blessed life. A blessed life. You know, there are a lot of people who are prosperous, but they are not blessed. A lot of organizations are prosperous, but they are not blessed. A lot of nations are prosperous, but they are not blessed. And therefore, as the people of God, I think that we should pursue a blessed life and not really a prosperous life. Let us put the blessing before prosperity. And after we pursue that blessed life, then for sure, prosperity may just come. You know, let me just um, say that among the many things I want to share with us this evening happens to be the five steps to this um, blessed life. You know, where in our Christian walk are we? Are we basically at the ground floor? Or are we moving up the steps to a blessed life? You know, there are so many of God's people who are comfortable to be at the ground level. No urgency, no move at all. I am here and I really not doing anything to get from being, a, from being at, from the ground floor to where I'm supposed to be in God. You will agree with me that as we climb, that it takes effort. As we climb, it takes some patience from time to time. And therefore, there's no way to jump from here all the way to here, but that it will take some effort of us climbing to where we are supposed to be. And therefore, it begs the question as to what are these steps to a blessed and a fruitful life? What are these steps? Well, let us see if we can get them because we are really journeying to a blessed life. And be reminded that as we talk about steps, that the word step is really an action word. That you cannot climb, you can't, move, you can't move if you are not basically putting yourself in motion. 
to go somewhere to get something done, which is critical. So what are these steps that we need to take to a blessed life? Well, may I just say that the first step that we need to take is really being a people who are in the word, who are in the word. And by the word, I'm not talking about the words that come out of the state house or from the mayor's office or from Washington. I'm talking about the word of God. I'm not talking about the word that somebody else tells you about. I'm talking about you making time to be in the word. A lot of us have become weary and we have become tired and everything else take away our time with the word. But we need to focus on the word if we are going to reach this place where we are satisfied in God, where we are comfortable in God, where we can experience the beauty and the blessings and the power of Almighty God, if we are going to enjoy the presence of the living God, we have to spend time in the Word. A lot of us, we do spend time with other people. We do spend time with other things. We do spend time with friends and with families and reading this and watching that. But how much time do we spend in the Word of God? Brothers and sisters, as we lift ourselves from the ground level, the other step that we must take is a step in the Bible, the Word of God. You know, I think it was David who said, Thy word have I hidden my heart, that I will not sin against you. If you get the word in you, the word will take sin out of you. But if you put sin in you, then sin will drive the word out of you, or prevent rather the word from getting in you. I want us to be so in love with the Bible that we spend a daily time in the word of God. It becomes our foundation that there is nothing else that will be so important that will compete with your time in the word of God. But that's step number one. Be reminded that as Christians, we have to be grounded in the word. If we are going to know God the way God should be known, we have to be in the word. No other book can tell you about God like the Bible. Doesn't matter what commentary you read. Doesn't matter what story books you read. There is no other book that can tell us more about God than the word of God. In other words, there's somebody who said that the Bible is a love story about God written by God. In other words, God is telling us how to love him. God is telling us how to walk with him. God is telling us how to worship him. So, hey, and not only that, but there's no other book that can tell us about Jesus like the Bible. I don't know. Can you spend five minutes per day in the word? Can you spend 10 minutes a day in the word? Can you let get the word inside of you? And can you walk with the word? Can you talk the word? Can you sing the word? Because we need the word to be our foundation. Amen. So when we do that, but why should we spend time in the word? Well, we should do it because of four basic reasons. Reason number one, when we spend time in the word, we get to know God. Brothers and sisters, if there is anybody else we need to know, it is 
God because he has the answer. He knows about our past. He knows about our present. He knows about our future. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He's the same today and he shall be the same tomorrow. When you and I spend time in the word, we're getting to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the King Eternal. We need to spend time with him in the word. Are you getting me tonight? Are you getting me tonight? So we know we get to know him. But number two, we get to, we, we get guidance and direction from God when we spend time in the word. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is a way of destruction. Many are the thoughts of a man's heart. Proverbs reminds us that we must trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. And we must not lean on our own understanding. But in all our ways, we must acknowledge him and he will direct our path. The word is important to all of us. But number three, we, when we spend time in the word, we can bring our needs and desires to God. You know, there's a hymn that we used to sing way back when. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. But what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? But we should never be discouraged. We must take it to the King Eternal, the all-wise, eternal God in prayer. But we are only going to do that when we spend time in the Word. But fourthly, when we spend time in the Word, we see God make a difference in the lives of many people. Not just in our lives. But in the lives of many, first of all, it starts with us. He transforms us. He takes us from the miry clay. He sets our feet up on the rock to stay. He puts a song in our hearts when we spend time in the word of God. But my step, and I'm sorry, I have an assistant, right, Pastor Mike? All right, come on, give me assistance a hand, please. My second step, please, what's that would be? So we have left, we're growing in God. We have left from the ground level and we have been in the word. But you will understand that it takes more than just being in the word to live a blessed and a fruitful life. But every child of God, members of the body of Christ, we need to be people of prayer. We need to, peep, we need to be people who know how to pray. First of all, we need God to get a hold of our hearts. We need the Spirit of God to pray through us. The Bible tells us that His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons and daughters of the great God Almighty. So hear what Paul says about prayer. In our Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, he said, Be careful for nothing, but in everything. In what? everything by prayer and supplication. Let our request be made known unto God. Our God, he hears. Our God wants us to talk to him. Our God, he wants us to worship him. 
Our God declares that he inhabits our praises. He wants us to come before his presence with singing. He wants us to understand that he is our God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. And we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And we are to come before his presence with singing. Hallelujah. Because God's hearts are wide open waiting for us to talk to him. He is waiting on every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. That he not just reading the word, but we must also go down to him in her. He wants that to happen. So why should we pray? Well, as I said before, God loves when we come to him with praise. Like what um, Pastor Head of the team was doing tonight. A time of worship. You could just see the heaven moving. You could see the angels rejoicing because praise and worship will get, you, will get us to the heart of God. And God wants us to do that. There is such a power that is called the power of praise. And when we praise him, the chains that seem to bind us, they will drop powerless behind us. I want to remind you people of God that there is a power in your worship, that there is a power in your praise, that you can bind and declare in the name of Jesus because there is a power in your worship. So hey, when we come to God's house, we don't come as spectators, but we come with a heart of worship, a heart of praise, with my hands lifted high, my mouth filled with praise because God is a worthy to be praised and I bring my shout I bring my amen I bring my hallelujah because the king of kings he is worthy somebody praise him in the house tonight hallelujah he is what worthy to be praised as I said earlier on, he loves that. He wants us to agree with him about our sins and about the damages that it caused. Amen. The Bible tells us that if we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you love somebody, you spend time with them. When you love somebody, you want to talk with them. In other words, how much do we love him? How much time do we spend with him? Do we just get up each morning and say, good morning, Jesus. And before going to bed, good night, Jesus. Are we saying, I can't live without you? I can't do without hearing your voice. Because your voice will always make the difference. There are some troublesome times, but you know the way across the wilderness. You, you can help me to carry my burdens. You can help me to lift every load. I cannot live without you, Jesus. And therefore, I have to come before you in a time of worship and a time of praise. What's step number three? Step number three. Step number three. What would that be? Okay. Fellowship. Fellowship. There are all kinds of ships, odd ship, general ship, forgive me, <laughs> but nothing beats a good old fellowship. Brothers and sisters, you know, I like the, you know, what most of the American churches do. There's always a place they call fellowship all, and I like that, because coming and worshiping together is one thing, but after church, we need to connect. We need to talk. We need to sip some coffee or some hot chocolate more so in the winter here, something warm, and just sit down and talk and laugh together. Fellowship. 
Brothers and sisters, no man is an island. No man can stand alone. I need you. You need me. We are all a part of God's fine family in fellowship. We don't hurt each other with words from our mouth because we need you. A lot of people come to a church because of the worship and because of the word. But what keeps them at a church is the fellowship. They'll come because the preaching is good. They'll come because the worship is good. But why are they going to stay? It is because of the fellowship. Hallelujah. Before you leave here tonight, find somebody you can connect with. Share your number. Share a word with somebody. Lay your hand on somebody. Let's know that embrace somebody. Because what keeps us together, the church, is the fellowship. If there is no fellowship, then people are going to be splintered when the fellowship is good. You know, the Bible tells us that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Okay, that's very important. Now, that's how long you have been coming to Good Hope, but have you found somebody to fellowship with? That's important. Don't just be a person who run in and then you run out. That will not help you. Okay, hang around after church. Meet somebody. Greet somebody. Connect with somebody. That is very, very important because the fellowship of the believers are very, is very, very important. So I beg of us uh, to have sweet fellowship. So as we grow in God, then we're going to what? Our fellowship. Our fellowship. Okay, we attend the church services regularly. We have fellowship together. But number four, quickly, what will that be? All right, so as we leave from the ground level, we are in the word, we are in power. We are fellowshipping with each other. We are going to learn to share our faith. We are going to what? Learn to share our faith. What do I mean by that? We are going to tell somebody about how Christ has saved me. We are going to tell somebody what Christ has been doing for me. We are going to tell somebody how he lift me up from the miry clay. And how he plant my feet upon the rock to stay. We shall tell somebody that, hey, in time past, we were nobody at all. But the blood of Jesus came and hit me. And my life is now transformed. I'm no longer the person I used to be. I may can't preach, but I still have a testimony. I have something to share with somebody else about the glory of God, the goodness of God. I have something to share about the joy and the peace of God in my spirit that nobody else could give me, but, but only Jesus. We have something to share. No, doesn't matter what our lives were like before. All of us have an experience with Jesus. Who shall we share it with? Is there a family member that we can talk to about Jesus? We must have somebody. Is there somebody at the workplace that we can talk to about Jesus? Oh, yes. Is there somebody at school I can talk to about Jesus? What about the grocery stores? What about the marketplaces? What about the street? Wherever we go, let there be something in our spirits that we can share about Jesus. You know, all of us have a testimony. Our lives were not always like this. You know, I look back on my own life. And see where he had brought me from. You know, a little boy got saved into a pair of shoes on my feet. Nothing at all. You know, covered with sin. Coming out of a single parent home. And really it was brutal. You, you name it. But God picked me up. He turned me around. And he planted my feet on a higher ground. We all have a testimony. 
Don't be ashamed of your testimony. Amen. Don't be afraid to share Jesus. The word of God reminds us that God has not given unto us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And Jesus lives in us. He has anointed us. And we need to go forth and share him with whoever we come across. Because our God is not dead. Our God is alive and he's well. We have a word to share and we must do it for the glory of God the glory of God very very important but hey number five I told you five steps what is that one it says what wow giving 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 you will understand that you can't be in the word in prayer having fellowship attending church sharing your faith without giving you'll understand that every single one of these things that I've shown you there's a little more effort as you go up the ladder. It takes a little bit more what? Effort to go up the ladder. To get here, it might be tough because there are people who don't mind worshiping, but we don't like to give. Don't want to give. You know, the Bible tells us about uh, a lot of things that God hates. A lot of things that God hates. But it tells us few things that God loves. And among the things that God loves is a cheerful giver. What it says, God love it, a cheerful giver. Now hear what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Thank you so much, sis. God bless you. Okay, hear what it says in 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 through 7. It says, but this I say, he which sow it sparingly shall reap also how? Sparingly. And he which sow it bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he pro prospereth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver, a cheerful giver. So therefore, when we give, it should not be grudgingly. As we grow in our faith and as we climb the ladder to a spiritual life, a, a fruitful spiritual life where the blessings of God dwells, giving sits on top. Because it is most difficult for some people to do. There are people, it is not that we don't have what to give, but that we refuse to give. Our giving is really our seeds. And you will understand that seeds do not grow in your pocket. But seeds grow where? In the soil. You know, Pastor Mike gave me some seeds. And I believe that all these are good seeds. They are good seeds. But if I keep these seeds in my pocket, it doesn't matter how good they are, it will not bring me an harvest. Let me say it again. It doesn't matter how good seeds are. If seeds are kept in your pocket, it will not bring you an harvest. Seeds must be planted. But I take them out each morning. Wow, look at these seeds. These are great seeds. Woo! Man, these seeds are excellent. And I need an harvest from these seeds, you know. I want an harvest from these seeds. But I put them back in my pocket. I will not get an harvest. I take them out again. Wow, these are great seeds, lovely seeds. But I put them back in my pocket. That will not give me a harvest. If I'm going to get a harvest, I have to do what? Plant the seeds. If I don't plant the seeds, I will not get any harvest at all. I believe that there are far too many of God's people who are waiting on God for a mighty harvest, but they are not planting. They are just not planting at all. It is not that you don't have the seeds. I have the seeds. And I want a harvest from the seeds. But the seeds are stuck in my pocket. And I will not plant the seeds any at all. But not only that. 
I want to challenge us also because good seeds are good seeds, but they will not give an harvest if they are not planted. But secondly, it is important for us to understand also that the soil in which we plant the good seeds in is important. So again, the seeds are good. But if I plant the seeds and soils that are not good, I will not get a harvest either. So therefore, the soil must be good. The soil must be good, you know? I'm saying all of that because I know that most, if not all of you, are committed to Good Hope. And I know that Good Hope is a mission church. It is really good soil for us to plant. And when we give into this ministry, there's a guarantee that we're going to reap a mighty harvest. A mighty harvest. My challenge to all of us this evening is... Do not, as we go from the ground level and climb all the way to the fifth floor, we're given his. Let us not keep our seeds in our pockets. We have to plant them. Is there somebody who is in need? We have to plant the seed. Is there somebody's life that I can make better? We have to plant the seed. And when you plant it, God said that I'm going to bless you. It shall be you hot, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You see, brothers and sisters, it is always important for us to give God something to work with. It doesn't matter what we have, the seeds must be planted. I don't care how good the seeds are in your pockets or in your account. If those seeds are not planted for the glory of God, we might be prosperous, but we will not be blessed by God. The seeds must be planted. So are you seeking to be healed? Are you seeking for a breakthrough? Are you seeking for a blessing? What are you seeking for? God is saying, you have some seeds that you need to plant. And it must be planted in the right soil, in the right soil. You see, there are some ministries that people are planting seeds in, and those are not blessed ministries. And therefore you wonder why up until now I cannot get an harvest it's because, yes, you have planted the seed, but you have planted the seed in the wrong soil. Look for a blessed soil to plant your seed. And when that is done, you are at that place where blessings will overtake you, hallelujah, for the glory of God, where you are going to experience God in a greater measure, where you are going to understand that the windows of heaven are open and the blessings of God are pouring out left, right, and center, all because you have taken the seeds out of your pocket. You have walked around for far too long with those seeds in your pocket, but you have come to a place where you understand, if I am going to be blessed, then I need to plant my seed, and I must plant the seeds in the right fertile soil where it will grow and bring forth in abundance for the glory of God, and then we shall be blessed. We shall be blessed going in. We shall be blessed coming out. The Bible tells us that we shall be the head and not the tail. We shall go over and not under. We shall lend and not borrow. We shall be victors and not victims. So I challenge us. If we are at the ground level, it's time to move on. If we're just at level one, let's move on to level two or level three or level four until we get to this place where giving is not difficult, but we're giving for the glory of God. Pray with me tonight. The heads are bowed. The eyes are closed. Father, the prayer team gets ready. Father, we just ask this evening that you will breathe upon us, that our hearts 
and everything about us will be so touched by your Holy Spirit. Not just to be convicted, but converted to take the journey, to climb the ladder for my blessing, to my fruitful life. Almighty God, I pray that the conviction will be so great that nothing will hinder, nothing will stop me from doing what must be done as I walk in your word, as I walk in prayer, as I walk in fellowship, as I share my faith, as I give and plant the seed that you have given unto me so that I will have a great harvest, a greater harvest that is heavenly Father. We pray your blessings upon your people, upon your children even now, for your glory and to your praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. So that's the teaching, not the preaching. Is that what you're, you said at the beginning? It's too cold to preach, you're just going to teach. I thought there was some preaching in there. You're getting a flavor of why I say when I go to Jamaica and I say I'm pretty fiery for Minnesota and they just laugh and laugh because I'm the most boring thing they've ever seen. It's, uh, it's fun. But look at, this, look at this list. We receive into us the word. That's all about getting something. You know, we all need to receive. Jesus said to the disciples after they had made some steps, he said, freely you have received freely give. And he was talking about the miraculous power of God. Freely you have received of the good things of God. Now freely give that to others. We receive. And then with prayer, if you're doing it right, you're receiving in prayer. There's some giving there too, as we seek God and we, we give to the Lord, but we receive a lot in prayer. Fellowship, now we're getting kind of 50-50. You know, I hope you're giving and receiving and fellowship, receiving from people, giving from, you know, and, and that connection. And that's why we have coffee, uh, free coffee and stuff. Come a little early, get some coffee, stick, stick around a little while, talk to somebody, you know, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. You know, it's a good, good way to start something. Let's make some connections. And then we get into where it's flowing the other way, sharing your faith. How can you tell where you are on this, on this ladder? where it starts getting a little scary. That's, that's the one that's above, <laughs> you know, is, is prayer a little scary? Okay, you got some knowledge, but a real relationship with God is a scary thing. Okay, well, it's time to step into prayer and a real connection with God. Is, uh, you got a good connection with God, but, well, church is full of hypocrites anyway, so why bother? Okay, there's your next step. You know, you're making some connections, but you got your neighbor who needs to know Jesus, and oh, there's that one. And then when it's, when it's giving of your time, your talent, your treasure, if that's the one, then you know where you're at on the ladder. Because we need, we need to go before the Lord, and we're going to take the next step. All God wants for you is to take the next step. You know, it's like, it's like growing that plant. You can't just plant the seed, and then it pops up a little bit, and you're like, oh, I, wanna have a, I wish that plant was this high, and so you just put it there. It does tremendous damage and you don't get the harvest. You got to let it grow and we got to let this grow. So where you are, let's take the next step. I'm going to, I'm going to reclose in prayer <laughs> and then I'm going to invite people up for personal prayer. So heavenly father, we thank you. I thank you for Bishop Grant, my brother to be here tonight, be here in January. Thank you for providing warm weather for him, even though it's a little disappointing to us. Father, let your blessings be upon him. And Lord, for each one of us, let us, let us look in our hearts and seek you, Lord. Where are we at? What's our next step? 
Let us not try to take two steps. Let's not try to take five steps. Or what's our next step? Lord, show us and encourage us to take that next step with you because you are kind and you are merciful and you are good and you are patient and you will be with us through the process. So Lord, guide us in this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.